coins alive, what you gon' do? Man, pull these high, high Order no, order no, order no Where does it stop? Nobody knows It's a revolution, ayy Bitcoin is the one, no substitution, ayy We should see in your go, be it's order no revolution Welcome back to Ordinal Revolution. My name is Shizzy on the channel to cover the entire Bitcoin Ordinal ecosystem. What is up, guys? Welcome to the Ordinal Hour. Friday night, we're live. We're going to have a really good time tonight. It's going to be chill. It's going to be very relaxed. We're going to be we're, we're gonna be on a little bit, guys. So just, just uh, you know, it's going to be really fun. We got some really good topics to talk about. And of course, our special guest for this evening is none other than CB Spears. We're going to get into a whole bunch of topics. It's going to be really fun. If you guys have any questions for anything at all, throw them in the comments. We'll definitely get to them by the end of the show. We're going to be doing some uh, some really, really cool things tonight. We're going to be giving away some really cool prizes. Well, uh, one of them is the blue wand. I'm giving away one blue wand tonight. So definitely check that out. Uh, it had So we're going to ask you a trivia question. And you're just going to go to ord.io and then you're going to just uh, reply the answer. The first person that has the reply to the answer wins. Super simple. Um, I have it. You know, it's uh, I'll put it in the chat a few times. It's number five, six, three, two, one, seven, oh, six. So I'll keep putting it in the chat. I'll put it a banner at the bottom. Really simple, real easy. But without further ado, let me bring in my partner as always. Mr. Yagobi. What's up, buddy? What's up? What's up? What's up? What's going on, man? Not much, man. That that was a dope looking uh, OG pass that was just like rotating. I was like, man, that's awesome. Yeah, it's love pretty it. cool, love dude. It. Uh, yeah. yeah. Shout out, shout out, 3D Eric. Shout out you. You guys <laughs> did a freaking amazing job. I barely had any any. I I just had the looks great. Let's do it. But uh, <laughs> but 3D Eric did a great job. Uh, you Yagavi did an amazing job. You outdid yourself with this one, man. Looks phenomenal. And uh, yeah. many people don't know what the, what this means right here. Do you do you know what it means? You know, let's give a leave a little mystery out there. Let's <laughs> figure it out. You, you'll notice a pattern on there. But hey, guys, this is just a little uh, something we're having for fun. Um, yeah. We'll 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 give some more details as time permits. Yeah, we'll let you guys know uh, what's going on with it. We're actually going to be in talks with a whole bunch of um, people to kind of partner with us to give this thing some utility. Uh, we're probably going to launch in potentially a few months. I want to launch around Bitcoin's all-time high. I think that'll just be a cool little thing. But we're we're you know we're still talking about everything. Nothing is nothing is locked in, right? Yeah, exactly. So, so. I mean, just enjoy the beauty of it for now. <laughs> Without further ado, it looks like the man, the myth, the legends here. Mr. CB Spears, hey. Charlie, welcome to Order Revolution, man. Your second appearance. Hey guys, yeah, Shizzy Yagobi. Is it Yagobi or Yagobi? Well, how do I say it? I forget. Well, it's, it's Yagobi, but uh, ninety-five percent of the ordinal space <laughs> just calls me Yagobi, and even uh, the guy that created our uh, intro song says Yagobi. So I just go with whatever, <laughs> whatever that just go with the flow at the moment. No, I get it. I'll do Yagobi. Um, all right yeah nice you're to be the, back guys. you're in the circle now you're in the circle <laughs> <laughs> well yeah nice to be back yeah, guys um yeah. are you still are you guys still doing this like the nights and weekends like during the free time you have outside of the the day yeah job? i mean we're consistent with what days we hit it um but you know um yeah it's still definitely outside of our full-time jobs right as of right now we're yeah. our goal is to get, do it full-time and we'll get there i feel that i mean respect you guys i mean I remember, like, when I first came on, I was going back through the backlog, and you guys are doing this, like, every day. And that's impressive. Just incredibly prolific. And you've had, yeah. like, everybody on. 
that's that's incredible so uh i it's kind of like i go back through like all the episodes and i'm kind of i i don't i don't watch them all but i like i look at who who you had what you talked about it's like a really good like timeline of the topics which were talked about in ordinals for the past six months to nine months it's been it's it's kind of a great way to almost catalog just what was happening this month what was happening that month so yeah yeah for sure, man. Well, we appreciate the the kind words and, you know, we're just glad to have you back on. And I think uh, to your point about kind of having everybody on, there's a couple of people we still kind of need to get on the show, but we definitely tried to kind of just hit every different kind of area too, you know, because look, there's people that kind of stay in their little areas, but not intentionally maybe, but, you know, it just kind of happens that way. That's human nature. And what we wanted to do was kind of get a little bit of everybody's perspective and and um we're definitely glad to have had you on the show so yeah so what's up what's i don't know i do you, do you want me to ask you guys questions do you want me to ask uh, ask me questions i mean uh I, okay here's my first question what is what's most interesting or in ordinals to you guys right now what's like the thing that is most exciting for you guys i can take you that go. first yeah go ahead. i think we both have the same answer we think it's it's uh murder than shane I don't know if you looked into it yet. It's the BRC 420 guy, Jeffrey from Recursiverse, now Bitmap Tech. Um, they're building yeah. around bitmaps and stuff, dude. We are the BRC 420 space is exploding right now. To us, that is number one. I saw you go live like a few. It was like last week. It was like called like Merlin Chain Research or something. Yeah. And I was yeah, like, yeah. okay. Uh, yeah. So I haven't had time to really look into it. Um, <laughs> I mean, you know me. I I tend to yeah. always be a critic, but I do like to like look at this stuff because i think it's fascinating like what makes the ecosystem tick merlin chain i've pinned that i've opened up a tab or two a few times and then yeah. never got around to it um yeah what's like the one takeaway if you could like do like a two or three line summary of what you think is interesting what would you say tokenizing bitmaps uh i think the w is a, a brc20 called the w map token uh in this layer two you're gonna be able to take your bitmap you're gonna be able to deposit it and you're gonna be able to receive uh depending on the the number of your bitmap say if it's four digits or it's six digits the six digit floor ones are going to get a thousand tokens per bitmap so you're going to be able to tokenize these which is going to allow the whales to kind of buy them so not only will they be on the layer two but you have to bridge them out into brc20 as well because they are a brc20 token so all the tokens are in one wallet right now but on the inside you're going to be you know depositing and receiving them and then bridging them out to brc20 and be able to trade them on unisat or potentially even something like omnisat in the future as well that's me that's number one that's a pretty good that's a pretty good package so yago b what's uh how about you same thing um well i'm, I'm definitely really bullish on on merlin chain um the founder is just somebody that has always kind of done what he said he's gonna do and I know the the ZK roll up and, and kind of layer two thing right now, a lot of people are kind of like, well, until we've seen it, we, we you know, we, we, we're going to not believe it until we see it. Obviously, we have a relationship with a lot of these builders, so our confidence is high in what he's been building. Um, but I'm also super interested in, in when Runes launches closer oh, yeah. to the having, right? And um you know, initially when, when Casey had announced Runes, it kind of like, rattled me a bit but uh i quickly learned that like you know um he has definitely like a a way to command this like attention in the space not necessarily as like this narcissist or anything like that just more of like because he is the creator of ordinals 
And what really made me even more bullish on it was the, the teams in China that are building these layer two solutions for BRC20. They're super interested in runes. And, and it's it's because Casey is the mastermind behind it. So I'm definitely interested in in, in that um, whenever it, you know it launches, obviously, in the happening. I'll be ready for it, hopefully. Yeah, I think it's really funny because like, you know, the having is a celebrated event that mainly only, only the hardcore Bitcoiners have observed. But um, it's like now the ordinals crowd and the the speculative like fungible token crowd, everyone's got their eyes set on block 840,000. It's like it's like weird that like if I were to ask, like I know that over the next few weeks, if I'm going to if I like take a little sample poll of like people who are interested in like the fungible token stuff on Bitcoin. If like if I ask like what block is the having, a lot of people would be able to tell me. They'd be like, oh yeah, I can actually go through. I, I remember like I, I have this log somewhere, which is crazy to me because mm -hmm. like nobody, like that's kind of weird, you know, outsider information that's not really been tracked. But here we are. If if there's a if there's a token if there's a token standard launch at the block, everybody anticipates it. And I had a few tweets on this because I like it from a mining angle. You know, like it, it creates an interesting event that we all know is going to happen that could have some really interesting effects on Bitcoin mining itself. So, um, yeah, that's been on my mind lately. Well, I mean, it's pretty interesting because Casey also, you know, had to set the block height for Jubilee. So there's like <clears throat> it's funny because like all these like monetary maximalists that that was kind of how Bitcoin maximalists were before they were trying to educate the masses on Bitcoin but you really probably didn't have people being able to tell you what the having block was before as many as now that are in the ordinal space. And I feel like that proves that like ordinals has educated and onboarded a lot of people that these maxis were calling kind of shit coiners. Right. And, and, and stuff. And, and they're, they're getting educated. I don't know. What's your thoughts on that? Uh, man, I'm, I'm all over the place here. Um, I think it's, I think you can. So it's funny. It's like, I, I have, dabbled and found i've dabbled in and found other blockchains really interesting for years now i just didn't really get to like talk about it in kind of the my platform i really didn't have much of a voice i was mainly in the mining space i knew you know bitcoin from more of an industry like an industry standpoint um but i've always kind of enjoyed meme coins because they're fun and lighthearted. um i think i've always been really good at criticizing well you know structurally some of these have issues but um, to see them on Bitcoin is a trip because it nobody expected this. Um, I don't really, I don't really hate them. I, I am fine being the guy who's like really critical of the technical challenges and the, the structural technical uh, roadblocks that sit that sit ahead of a lot of the current fungible token standards. Um, I think it's a really interesting case study in markets, and um, I have, I have for years. Uh, kind of describe myself as a Bitcoin accelerationist, which is this idea that um, there is a lot of Bitcoin adoption yet to come. And a lot of the adoption is going to be this weird, chaotic, it, it, it can feel, feel very conf confusing and it can also be kind of painful for this adoption to happen. So I want to get to the end. I want to get to full Bitcoin adoption fast. So I, I would like to accelerate that. And what I see is, is that um, regardless of whether it's NFTs on Bitcoin, fungible tokens on Bitcoin, ultimately, I, I am on the side of, well, these get more people in the ecosystem. I think this is good. Um, 
So, you know, a year ago today, people said you couldn't put NFTs on Bitcoin. Four months ago, people said Bitcoin wasn't turning complete. Um, I think a year from now and five years from now, a lot of things we said, things that, that Bitcoin couldn't do are going to be challenged or perhaps entirely invalidated. So, um, yeah, I uh, I have a love-hate relationship with meme coins. I own a lot, obviously. I, I get more interested in the kind of analysis of them than I do yeah. like the speculation on the on the, t the tickers. You'll notice that I try to avoid like saying specific tickers and I more like get into like, oh, like BRC20 has this thing and then here's this other standard CBRC20 and here's like the technical you know, difference between the two and I, I'm it. interested in this and yeah. So, you know, that's kind of where I come from. And uh, then I sometimes am critical, which is kind of funny because I think it pits me against a lot of the DGens who think my that like being critical of the technical underpinnings of something does not mean that it's not going to go up. Like, in fact, yeah. in fact, listen to my words. If I'm critical of this technical underpinnings of a, of a token, you should probably have shit out of it because like, <laughs> you should just fade me perpetually. Yeah. So those yeah. are my thoughts. Yeah, that actually brings up one of the topics I wanted to discuss, and we we pretty much have been talking about it, the, you know, here in the last couple of minutes. But you know, is Bitcoin monetary maximalism dying? Um, you know, and Bitcoin tech and innovation maximalism is on the rise because that's what I feel like. You know, it's been there, but it's been kind of suppressed until Ordinals has come, and I feel like it's exploded. And I want to pass it to Shizzy first to kind of see, you know, your thoughts on that. Do you feel like you know, like the, the Peter McCormicks, those those uh, the Max Kaisers, the the yeah. monetary maximalists? Do you feel like that group is losing power and the innovators are gaining power? Well, that's kind of where I'm at. What do you think? That's it's weird. Really it's sorry. <laughs> I was like, it's weird because like it's. I think Bitcoin maximalism is growing, but um, but not in the way of the old maximalism. Like I, I got called a Bitcoin maximalist the other day because I was like, uh, no, only ordinals. They're like, oh, maxi, and I was like, hold on. Technically, I'm a Bitcoin maxi now. And I, I was, you know, I loved Phantom. I love DeFi. I love, you know, all that stuff. And I was like, holy crap, like I've turned into a maxi. I just think the word maxi now is kind of broader, you know, to include ordinals and all this other stuff. And I just think it's a matter of time before the original maxis kind of see that and come along this way, too. So, yeah, um, I, I think it's funny. The word maximalist has taken many different forms over the years. Yeah. Um. I probably would have described myself as a, as a maxi before it was shortened to maxi and really just one of the classical maximalists back yeah, in maybe yeah. 2018. Um, but I, I didn't really like the kind of growing what it seemed like this kind of distaste and this is, it seemed more reactionary than anything. And so in 2019, I was like, I think I don't really want to describe myself as this. Um, I, yeah, I, uh, I think the maxi camp continues to grow a little bit. But they're not the they're not the driver of the of the majority of Bitcoin adoption going forwards. To me, it's pretty clear that the majority of Bitcoin adoption going forwards is going to be driven by people who don't really have a uh, they don't really fall into the maximalist maxi camp. Um, Pete Rizzo, who's like a Bitcoin historian, um, yeah. he talks a lot about this and how he has this one good uh, interview with um, Galaxy. So before the Peter McCormack interview, where he talks about Bitcoin, the platform and Bitcoin, the monetary network. And I think there's a lot of other things that Bitcoin can and can can be and is. And uh, it certainly seems we're seeing play out right now um, just a different view of how the Bitcoin network performs. 
Some people say it's the hardest money. I think this is true. Some people say it's the most free permissionless network. I think that's also true. I think Bitcoin has has abundant narratives, which it can morph into over the years. And um, I don't really land on anyone in particular right now. I think this is a conversation we'll have to discover over the next decade. Um, We only are really laying the groundwork for it right now. So, um, you know, what's funny is Peter McCormack actually came to uh, my town to do an interview and film some of our sites. I'm a Bitcoin miner. And what's funny is this was while I was um, actually like uh, uh, moderating the Ordicord as like I was like out of out of an oil in the oil field, like at a, at a gas well, like showing him around in like steel toe boots and he's like filming it you can see it's he's got a documentary right up here and um <laughs> but like when i'm not on camera i've got my like phone open and i'm like trying to maintain the teeming hordes and masses who are trying to figure out how to set up full notes so it was really funny that he's <laughs> like the guy i'm pretty sure i even like talked to him about it then but i don't remember exactly what i said so um yeah funny timeline yeah. we live in well do you see um that group you know, I hate to say it, but let's just say the laser eye group, right? Yeah. Do you see them losing kind of their their footing or their power influence? Because that interview with Pete Rizzo and uh, Peter McCormick was actually, it was really insightful in my opinion. Obviously, you can see the passion from Pete Rizzo talking about ordinal. He loves ordinals. <laughs> but, you know, it was more of, you know, how that shift of power is possibly happening. And now with, instead of like these laser eyes picking on like all these other crypto chain, you know, shit coiners, if you will, that they, they were calling them. Now it's like, you got the Udis and Eric's and everybody else calling them like laser eyes, making fun of them. And it's almost kind of like the roles have reversed is what Pete Rizzo seemed like it was, he was saying, do you agree with that? Yeah, he actually, Rizzo actually references, he makes one of the best analogies I've heard, which is, if you go back to the block size wars in 15, 16, and 17, um, what, you know, it's framed as big blockers versus small blockers, but he makes the point, SegWit, the small block solution, is actually a block size increase. People say, no, it's for changing the weighting of the block. No, it's, the blocks are actually bigger. Um, and it was, he rather characterizes it as people who think Bitcoin is this one narrow definition and then the evolution of Bitcoin has to conform into that narrow definition. And then people who have more of a responsive uh, approach to Bitcoin consensus. And the narrow definition is from people who said Bitcoin is for fast, easy, cheap payments. Everything should be able to be in a block. And that is the big blocker camp. So the tone of the different ideologies here of the Bitcoin maximalist says, Bitcoin has this narrow definition, and if you stray from that, you're anti-Bitcoin. And the other camp is a little more agnostic and open to it. Now, there's this like anti-maximalism, which is like the people who make the, the whole brand to hate on maxis. I don't really, I don't really, uh, you know, align with myself with that. I just like don't align myself with maxis. I just, I've, I would see like I just want to move forwards. And I want more people to use Bitcoin next year than last year. And that's kind of my heuristic for, is this network succeeding? Yeah, 
That makes a lot of sense. Shizzy, what do you think? Last words on this because we got a lot of topics. What do you think? Yeah, man. Like um, to his point, like I, I think the only people who are really anti-maxis are probably the you know the bankless ETH guys, right? The guys who yeah. are just like so far on that side that they just you know Bitcoin's uh pet rock. You know what I mean? The Jamie Dimon <laughs> type of type of thing, type of it. But yeah, I mean, I I I mean to finish the conversation off, I think it's it's just a matter of time before the the I guess laser eyes maxis become become kind of looking over here to ordinals and just kind of going yeah maybe maybe this isn't that as bad as you know Ethereum. it's happening already so, like yeah. adam bet back came out and, and made some posts and and you know some of these more traditional laser eyes if you will i, I almost feel kind of bad after i watched that uh interview with pete rizzo i don't want to say that no more for some reason but they are it is what it is right and um yeah. but it seems like they're starting to kind of open up a little bit here yeah, I mean, it's, it's funny. So I saw Peter in person last week and we had a nice chat because it was funny. It was like he and Pete Rizzo. Peter and Peter both texted me the interview the morning it was released, which is, I guess, everybody thinks of me when they think of Ordinals, which I feel weird. I <laughs> should text Casey. Um, and then another thing is, uh, I don't broadcast as ever, but I also got to chat uh, at length with Luke Dash Jr. in person oh, last week, which was an interesting. Did you, did you record it? No, 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 no. <laughs> there's a in this kind of conference. There's a there's an attitude called Chatham House rules where you can you know you can say what was discussed, but you don't say who said yeah. what. And yeah. why we didn't talk about inscriptions or ordinals with uh, I didn't talk about inscriptions or ordinals with Luke. I just mainly talked more about other things in Bitcoin because I don't think we'd have a good productive discussion. Yeah. And also, he is a legend and very respected in the space. And I would rather just not try to talk about this. Let the let the uh, let let Bitcoin itself decide what yeah. transactions should happen. And then, you know, Luke and I can have a nice uh, colloquial uh, relationship. So, yeah, that's awesome. Well, um, that was a good good conversation to kick it off, well, man. <laughs> Love that. This is in, in, insightful, in-depth there. So let's uh, move on to this. I wanted to Quantum. kind of talk to you a little bit about your – seems like you're a team captain on the Quantum Cat Alive team. Is that – are you the captain? Is that how it is? I found out I was captain while I was on that Spaces. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I've, I've gone back and forth with uh, – Udi, Reindel, Far, um, and for a long time, and we've worked with them on some stuff. And so I've known them pretty well. So I just said, "Yeah, sure, I'll I'll help do this. I like this idea. I like the idea of of jump starting discourse on an, a new op code and opcat seems to make a lot of sense." Um, yeah, it was a really fun thing to help push forwards. Uh, it was a lot more work than I anticipated. Because my Twitter was totally ripped. And then we had to do like a lot of work on like corralling everybody and I guess grading. But overall, I thought it was a really fun thing. Um, because what OpCat is, is very difficult to explain. Even to technical people, it is hard to understand. And um, to even like talk about do we put this thing into Bitcoin or not requires a mass education event. Like it, it's just and like this. People are not going to understand it just because it is kind of so obscure. The idea of Bitcoin script is pretty obscure. Um, so I love being a part of that. And now there's a compendium, a large amount of resources on um, from the kind of 
oversimplified video meme format to the deep, long, like abundant, like 50 uh, technical slide report on what OpCat is. And those will be compiled by the Taproot Wizards and put out there. And um, it's also kind of interesting to see like their thesis. Like, like a lot of people like ask, what do they raise money for? They raise like millions of dollars, right? Like, what are they doing? Um, it's actually kind of interesting to see this play out because like, what do you, what is an NFT culture? What is the purpose of these like social networks? And if the, and if, and if anything, it makes sense for the social network to be a way to coordinate action. And the most important coordinating of action happens with the coordinating of doing things on Bitcoin. So it takes a lot of money and a lot of time and a lot of interesting kind of ways of skinning this cat to uh, to actually do and propose things such as uh, getting OpCat activated. Now, there's a bunch of other opcodes that if we want to talk about, I would actually point, probably point people to what's called OpCTV or Check Temple Verify as probably like the thing everybody should really look at. But OpCat was a really, really fun one. Like, how do you sell... What does a CTV animal look like? Nobody, that's not a thing. So the cat is very medic, mimetically synergistic and yeah, uh, that's why it works. Yeah, I actually saw someone post about the CTV saying that it's it's probably more efficient than OpCat in terms of if you were to use that or bring, you know, implement that. But um, I mean, I love the fact that like they're rolling this into like the project of quantum cat. So it's kind of like an educational, you know, twist to it. But um, like Shizzy had made a point and I'll let you talk on it. Shizzy that you, you don't think that it would probably get passed, right? Like you don't think like yeah. it would get updated, upgraded anyways. I, right. I don't think no changes will ever come to Bitcoin again. I just think that with BlackRock in there and Coinbase, you know, with, you know, I just don't see these big guys letting anything type of pass. Cause I mean, I mean, you know, the shareholders kind of run a lot of these miners now, not all of them, but most of them. And they have a lot of say in it. And, you know, the shareholders, they probably hold a lot of Bitcoin because, you know, they obviously believe in it to invest in a mining company. So to me, I just don't think that um, someone like BlackRock is going to let anything get passed now. I think Bitcoin is going to be locked down. I think the code, it, the only way the code will get upgraded is, is if like something crazy happens. That's that's just what I think. What do you think, That's Charlie? That's a really interesting perspective, Shizzy. You, you are, you have an abundant uh amount of like interesting takes which make me think i remember you like threw me for a loop with your bitmap take last time i was like oh, yeah i gotta i really appreciate this angle this is also an interesting angle i don't hear this this take from the ordinals camp very often the ordinals camp seems to be almost optimistic and sure that bitcoin's going to change but here you are saying you don't think it is and that's an interesting take because um you, it's too risky for them yeah it's you too are risky for blackrock they don't want any changes they don't want nothing bad happen to their big stash that's interesting. Here's a scenario. Yeah. Um, like, remember how the fees were high last month and it was like really expensive to transact on Bitcoin? Well, imagine that times 10 or times 50 in a year or two from now. Yeah. And it's like very expensive to transact on Bitcoin. In such a scenario, there'll be a lot of people like yelling and clamoring for someone to do something. And there'll be a lot of momentum behind um alternative solutions but then there may also be way more scaling solutions uh i don't know that yeah. is an interesting take and i do appreciate that i really like contrarian takes that, um, that's 
Yeah, because my, my counter like arguments is people saying it's going to get really expensive. I think it's like, actually going to get cheaper. I think there's going to be so many layer twos. I mean, there's a mining company in, in Canada that publicly traded, and they told me that you know they're, they're working on a layer two solution. And you got you know all these layer two solutions happening. I think that there's going to they're going to find ways. And obviously, when um when you get really expensive, like things happen, right? There's money to be made in different places. So I think to a lot of these these layer twos are actually going to figure out ways to do things, whether it's zk roll ups or modular systems or Stop, whatever sovereign roll-ups too sovereign yeah. roll-ups too there's there's going to be innovation happening that doesn't land on main chain until later and potentially a lot cheaper this is really interesting so are you familiar with the concept of javon's paradox j-e-v-o-n paradox it's commonly in the uh it's a it's a paradox often referred to uh for energy consumption okay. um and the idea is that if you increase the efficiency of something, the efficiency of the production of something, it does not necessarily result in the decrease of demand, but rather results in the net increase in demand for that thing. And we can look at this in, in energy where we have become so much more energy efficient today than we were 100 years ago, yet we consume way more energy today. And I look at this in a similar capacity. I think we'll see this happen in block space where roll-ups actually specifically um they do you know do a lot of scaling off chain but then they resolve it in zk proof zk verifier on chain and i think that that's actually going to create um orders of magnitude more demand off chain which will have on chain uh, a net increase in on chain effects but i don't know these are all hypothetical and i'm just really glad you got me talking about this so um yeah uh mm -hmm. This is an interesting conversation. So uh, one question about opcats real quick that yeah. I, I keep I be getting a lot from our community is the point one, you know, point one Bitcoin, the four thousand two hundred as of today is for the mint. Obviously, you know, they're, they're raising a lot of money, um, you know, Eric. And I'm guessing they have at backers as well. And they have a whole team to pay and a lot of stuff. But is point one necessary for something like this? That's a good question. Um, I don't know, man. Um, it's expensive. Uh, I don't profit off this mint. Um, yeah. I do get a disclosure. I get a free opcat. I've got a free cat for helping in the uh, uh, the judging thing. And I like um, Udi and Eric and the project. Um, it's expensive, yeah. Um, but, you know, I was on a space with, with Udi a day or two ago, and he's like, well, you know, our business is, we're a business. We run a company. We're we're in the business of making money and it's capital intensive to do a lot of things is if you think of this as kind of um, a marketing and tech budget tech on the uh, hiring more technically proficient people to implement various versions of like activation clients for Bitcoin core and a uh, giant marketing spend for events, um, marketing, marketing campaigns, R and D then it makes sense. But I'm speculating these are things that he's thrown out there as things yeah. that they're doing. Um, yeah, I uh, I would expect it to mint out. Um, oh, yeah, I do but, too. Definitely. Yeah. But, dude, I don't know. Um, That's $14 million. It's a lot of money. It's a lot. It's a lot of money. Um, I know they're, like, trying to throw a bone to, like, people who really participated. Like, they're giving out some a lot of free ones, and they're doing prints. Um like gamma so, prints? Yeah, doing like a whole like 400 oh, wow. of like the gamma prints for free giving those out and there's uh 
a hundred or so people who are just getting free cats, I, I think. I forget the exact, it's around there. Um, just for like really good high quality submissions. Um, yeah, I wonder. I'll, I'll kind of make this point because I made this point to a businessman on a space where I was like, okay, so if the goal of Taproot Wizards was to extract as much from the ecosystem as possible, pretty sure they would have sold all the wizards sometime in the past year. So this this is clearly part of a larger like uh, strategy for them. And then I also think there's um, you know we've like we've they've talked about like how the cats work under the hood, but I don't think a lot of people like really kind of really understood all the stuff. Um, it's ex it's very very interesting to uh, I think we'll see a, a very very interesting perhaps even year long like iteration of the cats as certain yeah. milestones are hit. And they do stuff. I'm speculating here, but I also know Rindell pretty well. And I and we actually proposed a similar um, technique last summer to a, a potential client um, who didn't do it. And so I kind of know the the headspace and design thinking here. And it's pretty interesting. So um, yeah, I don't know. This is one where I've tried not to comment on the price too much because I don't really think I have a lot of insight yeah. on this. Yeah. I kind of want to let like the market decide. Like that, yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, the, the market will definitely decide. So, be yeah. Ahead. And I was gonna say, the fact that they came out straight up without hesitation and just said what the price was too. I, like, yes, it's it's not something I'm gonna probably meant, but you know, at least they haven't. They're not like dancing around it, you know, and saying, oh, well, it's gonna be the. It could be this. It could be that. They just said, hey, look, this is this is the price. If it's not for you, then it's not for you. If it is, then it is. And I think that's okay, you know, in the market that we're in. And if they were truly like, you know, an ordinals market extractor, I don't think that they would try to extract right now. They would probably try to extract closer to the having or like afterwards, right? So it's just. Uh, you know, there's definitely those people with that mindset, but I just don't see that with them because look, they've been here for the entire time. Udi, you either love him or hate him in terms of his personality, but he's had a lot, in my opinion, he's had a lot of positive in terms of moving the ordinal space forward and, and innovation on Bitcoin, even though he come, he might not have the best delivery the way he does it. Right. So that's, that's yeah. Oh, I can empathize with that because you know, I've found myself kind of a public figure. And so now stuff that uh, stuff that I say, which is like kind of stupid, it now like gets immortalized and resurrected. <laughs> and I'm like, OK, yeah, I'm like, OK, so I, I guess that's the way it is. I'm fine with the trade offs. But like, yeah, I <laughs> I've like I see now I've got a little taste of what it's like to have like a giant platform megaphone. Um, and Udi definitely wants it. You know, I, I've told you this, but I kind of wish you were less harsh and less like comical about stuff, because I think his best work is when he's actually kind of serious, when he actually wants to say, here's my actual thoughts on something or when he's like, here's my, um, you know, here's my true opinion and encouragement or discouragement towards stuff. But uh yeah, yeah, but he, Udi, that wouldn't be Udi. U Udi's it wouldn't be Udi. You Dude, know, the Maxis cannot stop talking about him. I, I go to yeah. anywhere else and they're only talking about Udi. It's like he's like, how much they hate him, right? <laughs> Dude, they have Udi derangement syndrome. It's insane. They're yeah. running rent free in their brains. Well, I feel like it after that, like Bitcoin conference this past year, it was like that's it's over. Like he's, you know, he he's made his 
like position permanent in terms of there's a war between him and the traditional laser eyes. And um, this is just how it is, you know, and the whole Greg Foss thing. That was like, that was a fun, fun uh, back and forth. But yeah, it's going to yeah, be interesting. Dude. This, this next uh, Bitcoin conference, like what happens? Yeah. I was just in Nashville uh, last week. So I'll, I plan on being there again for the conference for, you know, the big one, Bitcoin Nashville from, Bitcoin Magazine, yeah, yeah, we're 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 definitely gonna make that one as well. So maybe we can link up there. Um, we got a question from uh, the audience here, Caleb O. Can you talk about the Bitcoin having reorg eighty four? What is that? Eight hundred forty thousand. Yeah, eight hundred forty thousand. Yeah. So this is interesting. This is what I said at the top of the show, and this is kind of one of my my favorite talking points. So I guess I'll I guess I'll start from the top here. So um bitcoin mining or rather bitcoin block production um is becoming increasingly competitive uh one question is what if two miners find a block at the same time how does that what happens that block um those blocks are sent out and propagated through the bitcoin node network and what can happen is um the no the network one basically ends up taking over the rest of the network and there's kind of a probabilistic nature to it. And there's a whole science around how these, these like the true block is like actually arrived at. And, but what happens is the block that's not arrived at um, can get what's called orphaned, which means it kind of goes over here and the chain isn't built off of it. Similarly, um, there are strategies in Bitcoin mining and block production where you can find a block and then sit on it and not release it and start mining on top of that block for the next block. So you basically, you, you've already found one and you're going to start now like um, mining on top of it to get what's called the heaviest chain. You've done the most proof of work on that particular chain. And then let's say you're watching the network and you see in a millisecond, one block from someone else pop up and start propagating through the network. You can release both blocks that you've got at the same time. And those basically compete in the network because nodes will see that the the two blocks you've got versus the one block the other person has, the two blocks are heavier, and then that will be the canonical chain. I'm trying to explain this to get arrive at something here. So let's say um, you know that block 840,000, the first block of the halving, is going to have the epic sat. It's going to have all these fees from all these people doing runes launches. And you know that block is probably a million-dollar block. That's maybe a three-million-dollar block, right? So let so this is where the competitive mining angle can come in, and it's really fucking cool because let's say if you're a block producer or a miner, um, you can like in advance of the block uh, of the having coming a block or two ahead, you just start sitting on chaining these blocks together, building up your kind of like um, your you know your arsenal here. And as soon as you see block 839.999 come in, um, you just blast all of your blocks into the network and you get 840, 840.001, 840.002. And then the next person has to mine off 840.002. And so that basically guarantees you getting the uh, that giant bounty of a block. Now, similarly, if someone else gets 840.008, 840,000 you, if you've got two blocks ready to go, you can send that 
and the nodes which already think that the 840,000th block was mined by pool A, you can come along as pool B and reorg their reality and basically become the canonical chain. So this is where I'm trying to explain a multitude of different like, um, like attacks or like what are called like reorg strategies on Bitcoin, where the com like competition of Bitcoin mining can get really interesting. And this is where I get I like to imagine like what's going to happen because like what's an epic Satoshi worth, right? It a like lot. Uh, exactly, <laughs> yeah. It's like the, a rare a rare whatever sold for like 150 quarter million or something. So if you just do the math, and there's only three epic sats out there, this is the fourth one. And I know for a fact one of the epic sats will never be accept, will never be accessed. One of them is dubious, and the third one I have my own suspicions about. But the fourth one is up for grabs. I mean, that's a million dollar sat. That's a that could be a five million dollar sat. Twenty million um, dollar sat. I mean, yeah, could be. I mean, there's probably no price tag for it, honestly. Yeah. Like, yeah. So yeah. the thing is, I I don't know if pools are actually trying to get that epic sat. Being as somebody who works at a pool and I talk and I look at how other pools think about things, I think the community is overvaluing like how much attention Bitcoin miners have on this. Like, uh, but what I do think is everybody knows that block 840,000 is going to have a shit ton of fees from, uh, from Launches just the runes. And, yeah, from the yeah. runes. I mean, that alone is going to be, um, you know, it's going to be 10, 20, maybe 30 Bitcoin. Worth of yeah. people trying and to everything's gonna be euphoric too during that time, I feel like. Yeah, so 30 Bitcoin is like worth two epic sats, basically, if you do the math. So um, I mean, if you think an epic sat's worth a million to two million dollars, 30 Bitcoin, yeah. you can do the math is 1.5, 2 million dollars. So, like, this is real money. Um, and the miners want the fees, they're their software that the mining, the mining pools used to, to build the blocks um, knows this and says, if there's, a, if there's a high fee block, we want to compete for that. And so that's a really interesting kind of scenario that we could find ourselves in. And there's, the funny thing is like, I'm really the only one of the few people who's even talking about this right now. Like, uh, I, I think because a lot of Bitcoin miners are outside the ordinals world, I think like this hasn't clicked in their heads. But eventually, some of the smarter people will start talking about this. Really, what I have is just like a little bit of, I'm a, I'm a little bit more familiar with like the the world of fungible tokens of Bitcoin than your average Bitcoin mining analyst. So I'm able to be like, this is going to happen. You guys should look at this. Smarter people, go do the math. Go do the game theory. Um, so as 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 they start looking at it, I'll probably kind of maybe summarize or retweet or 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 point out good um, commentary on this. And I'll probably be talking about it live as it happens, because Lord knows I'm going to be like watching this. Most interesting thing this year. Yeah. You should probably go live for it, man. We'll have you back, do a live, all watch it together. <laughs> That'd be yeah, fun. Dude. It could be insane. That'd be yeah. Fun. Well, well, your, your scenario there, whenever you said you're building up your blocks and then you kind of absorb or like, the, become the canonical chain are you stealing that that having block when you do that it's kind of like you can think of almost like the uh the bitcoin network each node as like a bunch of people in a room and they're all yelling what the truth is and then you just can yell way louder than everybody else gotcha. and out shout them so you basically you basically are able to like overwhelm uh and uh the other uh, blocks that 
nodes have uh, thought is real. Because basically, nodes have a rule which says we're going to take the heaviest chain, the chain that has got the most proof of work. And the most proof of work is the chain with the longest, with the highest block height, so the most blocks on it. So if you put more, if, 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 a, if a node in that few milliseconds sees like they think they've got block 840,000 and they see another another couple blocks come in with a different block at 840,000 and another block at 840,001, then they will say that's the heaviest chain. That's the truth. That miner is the uh, the one who gets that block. Gotcha. This is one that I like. I'll probably have to get better explaining. This is my first time actually trying to explain no. this yeah. to an audience oh, who's like good. not mining native. Yeah, thanks. I'm trying to help out. <laughs> yeah, here. I actually think that that epic sat. Uh, once that sells, it could kind of ignite like more mainstream of like the collectability of, of rare sats, right? Because let's say that epic sat sells for like 1.2 million or dollars or something, right? Then that that's gonna hit all the news headlines right yeah. epic sat sells there's only three of them and then people are going to start oh wow like how could i get that or what else is similar to that and i'm in the camp as, as being a collector of sports cards and other memorabilia growing up that like the whole rare and exotic sat category and in industry is it ha it has changed digital collectibles forever in my opinion and i think we see like like the big sports card industry like panini and tops and all them eventually possibly getting here because just hear me out with this you could technically do like um like rookie cards that are inscribed on that player's rookie year sat uncommon or something like that right so there's so many things you can do with it but i'm excited to for that epic sat and and kind of you know the whole having events gonna be so exciting there's gonna be so much involved with it what, what do you think shizzy do you are you, do you think it's going to be a big, huge event? Like people are going to yeah. be fighting over it? Well, I I think it'd be good if like someone took the epic set and just inscribed onto it, right? Just said, oh, screw, man. It. screw it, I'll put my name on this freaking thing. Like that that's that is the Blast biggest. Me. Th but that is the biggest show of wealth that you could possibly have. Just saying, I'm gonna put Shizzy on the epic set forever, forever, right? Like that would be the biggest. Like holy crap! Like I don't know. I I. That's something. I mean, we were cool to have it, obviously, but it's in there forever, and then you could sell it. I don't know. What do you think? I would love that. <laughs> I kind of. I mean, a lot of us in the space, you know, you can see like Casey's like this too. We just kind of like the craziest shit to happen. That's yeah. like our ideal scenario. Everybody Chaos. do the weirdest, most crazy shit. Um, I mean, statistically, statistically, it's going to be a Chinese pool, right? Some of these Chinese miners are just yeah. like fucking deep pocketed og yeah. bitcoiners yeah and for them they'd be like oh yeah a couple million i'll uh i'll put you know my name on that yeah. um so be it you know it's a free and open network yeah um if luxor gets it that'd be awesome i don't know what we'd do with it i'd be cool if you if they inscribed like every like every every member of the team into the epic set and just kept it you know what I mean? Like yeah. how big of, of a, of, I mean, obviously you guys are there to make money, right? So you're going to pass off $30 million, which is could be, <laughs> like, it could be $30 million. Crazy. Dude, I don't <laughs> know. I don't know how to value these things. The market, yeah. I, you know, what's interesting. I feel like we actually found a nice price for uncommons. Cause remember yeah. like for a while there yeah. was like, what is an uncommon worth? Well, now we've got, I mean, the market's still fairly illiquid, but like we have agreed upon prices for uncommons. If you recall, 
all the shit was like OTC. Nobody had any kind of like pricing, and it's just a bunch of Discord DMs. <laughs> and uh, so now it's like now we have fair and open pricing for for some of these. We have multiple categories of satoshis. You have the people who are in the business of producing them and delivering them to market. The people who collect them. You got a whole yeah. industry. It's a small industry, but the whole industry about like you know manipulating them and doing things. I just think that's really fucking cool. Yeah. And yeah. how cool was the um the launch the other day with uh, the was it the commoners? commoners. Like you, they use Luminex and they use Magic Set, so you could just go to Luminex, grab your your uncommon, inscribe on it on the next block, and then boom, you just you got you want one in the collection. Like I thought that was one of the the coolest things that I've ever seen. It was like three different like things all doing one thing and it ended up being a 10,000 uncommon collection the first ever yeah i didn't think it would mint out but again you know me fade me fade what i think the market's <laughs> gonna do but yeah. i mean yeah that was pretty impressive it also really demonstrated like it was a good test case for how thin the books are for uncommons yeah because uncommons went about double during that time period right that's eight eight hundred dollars Okay, yeah, triple even. Like, what were like 150, 200 before? Yeah, but well, yeah, on, on average, today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. they popped up, market, market corrected, more uncommons on the market. It's an interesting test case for like how, how the market reacts. You know, um, that's that's probably the most fascinating thing to me. We minted a few commoners because we've got some uncommon sats lying around. Um, I don't know, like. <laughs> what the collection will do it is a it is a i mean one of the i know first yeah i know the yeah. guy behind it and i really like him i don't is okay. i don't know if it's public or not but um i know the guy behind it and i really like him so i hope that he succeeds nice yeah, man. So, i got people in the chat saying do they look at, look at the chat sometimes we're, we're always looking at the chat we're, just, we're, just, we're, ha we're having a good conversation real quick but um i, I want to give we, we're doing a couple giveaways real quick i just want to um give this a little little i guess a little break for a second but um i actually have a question maybe you, you know charlie but uh so what you have to do for this giveaway it's real simple real easy um all you have to do is let me grab this is go is go to here go to or.io go to our inscription which is our uh og pass that is not uh released yet just go to inscription number five six three two one seven oh six go down the comments and the first person to get the, the comment correct wins the prize super simple super easy remember it's uh i'll leave this up there five six three two one seven oh six and the question is and i got the question from uh the answer from this book right here called uh digital gold by nathaniel popper one of my favorite books so the question is uh, let me find it right here here we go. Dorian Nakamoto lived approximately how many miles away from Hal Finney in Temple City, California? You know this answer, Charlie? How Maybe. far did they live? Oh, dude, it was like a handful of miles. It was like two or ten or something. <laughs> so you're close. Let's see the first. Let's see the first person. I, I feel like that's a tough one, man. Like, I know, I know it right away because I, I think Hal Finney, you know, is Satoshi. Like, well, you, that, you just said that was your favorite book. It is <laughs> so my favorite of course book, you know it. <laughs> I think in the book he says, you know, Hal Finney, uh, Dory Nakamoto works for the government. Dory Nakamoto yeah. was showing Hal Finney some things. Hal Finney kind of got into it, got, got going with it, and kind of was like, all right, I'm just going to name this after Dorian, who's a freaking genius. I'll go with Satoshi Nakamoto. And boom, that's how we got Satoshi Nakamoto. He enlisted Adam Back. He enlisted um, uh, Nick Zabo. Nick Zabo wrote the white paper. Adam Back helped with the tech. Boom, we, we got Bitcoin. That's that's how I see yeah. it. 
Well, I mean, like, I always remember hearing that, like, um, Dorian Nakamoto lived, like, one or two blocks away from him. That was always the thing that I heard. But, like, uh, we got we to gotta see here who gets the closest, I guess you would say. So, are we putting a time limit on this? Uh, just the first, the first, whoever gets the first. I mean, we can come back to it late later and see who got well, it first. But... Yeah, okay. So, we can, I have the answer yeah, written to... here. We'll, we'll just hold off the answer and just jump to another topic and then we'll come back to it. I love got this you. question, by the way. It... Have you guys heard of the Bitcoin lab leak hypothesis? No. So sounds like the Wuhan lab leak hypothesis. <laughs> I know <laughs> it's fun because someone came up with it around the same time. It's a fun coin. The idea is uh it unifies all the things people want to like claim about Bitcoin, like it's some government project or something. The lab leak hypothesis is that Bitcoin is some kind of NSA government project, but it wasn't ever supposed to be released, and someone or or Dorian. it was accidentally kind of got out into the wild like bitcoin itself like escaped from dory and gave it to hal finney and said take yeah. this otherwise we're screwed yeah <laughs> have, you seen, have you seen the interview like the news interview with him he looks so like stressed like he just doesn't want to be there he's like no i am not the creator of bitcoin but uh he very well could he's be. the he's the creator that we need maybe not that we deserve yeah. but that we need yeah well, I, I, got, I think you're right, though. I think the go- it was created in a government facility, and I think it got leaked through so to uh, Dorian Nakamoto to Hal Finney. Hal Finney enlisted guys like Adam Back and Nick Zabu, who were part of the, the, the cypherpunks, right? And I just think that's how we got Bitcoin. I'm, I'm actually, I'd put, you know, I'd put money on that, but that's just, that's just me. What do you I think? like, I, w- I would love to bet, but I also hope we never know. Like part know, of the yeah. is that we don't know. Yeah, hundred percent. That's the, that's definitely the beauty of Bitcoin. Is like we don't know who for a fact who he is, um, and there's like people claiming to be him, and that's like that's the beauty of it. Like then they can't back it up because if they could, then they it would already be like out there as fact. So yeah, that's awesome. I, the answers are coming in. I'm getting uh, a couple. Of you guys got the answer, but no one's got it directly um yeah but you, you know the answer uh, you, yeah you see my screen that's why i said that maybe we should put a time limit because well, then, no, like, I, I, I don't think anybody's gonna get it exactly you know what i mean yeah so we got we got a couple i mean, i kind of want someone to get a little closer i guess should i just give it to the guy who said it first well i mean did he say the exact answer oh he's pretty close he's, he's so yeah so, something away give it to him do you want do, do you want to like cut it off because like yeah he wasn't the oh, first it doesn't person. matter yeah he, was he the wasn't first. the first one chef, chef pfp at the very top that's that just happened one minute ago bro oh that's sorry oh, okay yeah yeah you're right yeah. you're right sorry so it was six and then it's going the yeah, other let's direction give it to him. so the answer okay. is Dorian nakamoto lived approximately 1.25 miles away from hal finney <laughs> in temple city arizona Got that from the book. I don't know how right it is. But I think it's Temple right. Temple City, but... California. Yeah. I don't know where you saw Arizona from, but yeah. But oh, I said Arizona. I said I meant California. But yeah. So congratulations, this wallet. You will get a blue wand. Wow, that's a good. That's a good prize, guys. Because I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. super, super bullish on that blue wand. It's yeah. supposed to be the gateway to very much success. Says Confucius. All right. We want to go next. All right, let's see here. Um, do, 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 do. Uh, I want to talk about this a little bit, and I'm not sure how familiar Kate, uh, Charlie is on RSIC Meta Protocol, but <clears throat> this was the airdrop that was dropped to frog holders, uh, node monkey holders, punk holders, I think uh, Bitcoin puppets. 
um, and some other, a couple other different collections. And it, they claim the team came out and claimed that um, if you activated this in your wallet, then you could start mining the first runes token. So um, I actually flipped mine really quick because I felt like, you know, Casey came out and said earlier, hey, look, if the runes protocol hasn't been launched, then anything that's claiming to be like a runes token isn't isn't legitimate. Is that still kind of the consensus um, in your camp over there of your group of friends? Uh, so I actually think RSIC is a cool idea. I think it's decently executed. Um, yeah. It's pretty interesting. Uh, I can say definitively, categorically, it's 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 not Casey. Um, I, I hope that's very clear. It's not Casey. And if this were Casey, I'd be like, "What the fuck are you doing?" Like this is the like the weakest like first thing for mm. you to do ever. Um, so, but you just said it was a good idea. Well, I, you could be a good idea, but I mean, not not Casey good idea. <laughs> I, I don't think Casey has the best ideas. I disagree with him regularly on a bunch of shit. Specifically, like putting runes into the Ord client at the first place. But anyway. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so it's, it's definitely not Casey. Um, I think it's a cool idea. I'm kind of surprised nobody did it because it's kind of so obvious that like, okay, okay, you goddamn degenerates. Of course, we're going to start farming <laughs> runes with inscriptions, even though they're not fucking related. Of course, we're going to do that. I think it was decently executed. Um I don't know where this goes. <laughs> like, um, obviously, yeah. I think I think it was a little bit. I, I I think it's a little unfortunate that like they said they were the first thing or first runes, but like I pretty much intuited this as like we're the first uh, to token to say we're runes, and it's gonna be a future date. Like that, I, I interpret it as be, as being like we're the. Uh, <laughs> Um, we're the first people to start actively like lining people up to receive this token. But I don't know. That was a nice little like 24-hour narrative on Twitter. Yeah. I had a tweet, which I think a lot of people thought was actually in specific reference to this, but I was actually tweeting in reference more to Leonidas and some other ideas on the on um, like farming and airdrop. Of course, I try to leave it a little bit ambiguous to, you know, clickbait people and wanting to talk, but um I actually feel pretty strongly about Bitcoin's privacy and that uh, particularly um, discouraging address reuse. And so um, I just think like, okay, if we're going to do all this stuff on Bitcoin, like can we at least try to encourage good Bitcoin practices such as not using address reuse? And like a lot of the farming mechanisms are going to like incentivize to churn your address, list stuff, gamify it, swap whatever which is fine but i'm like come on guys like i think you can actually do both i think you can create a game system to like that aligns with what i think is good for bitcoin which is good basic bitcoin practice like not address reuse mm -hmm. and you can do a whole system of like uh of the whole you know point allocation you know token whatever um, I actually have, I've floated some ideas in some side chats, but, um, I'm certain somebody, some people will do those, but I don't know. That's what that tweet was about. Just cause yeah. I know that it's just the thing on everybody's mind right now. Yeah.
I, I actually it, love the the Arsic thing, man. I think I think it's awesome. I think because I, I don't think we're gonna have an ordeal on runes. I don't think I think we're gonna have nine ordeals on runes, right? So being the first is just a way of saying we're one of the first. And I, I think you know, whoever did this, um is you know it's just fun it's it's all it is it's nothing serious it's just i'm just gonna put this out there and see what happens and it, it's an experiment we're experimenting it's you know i i love it and i i received you know i received two of them i immediately um activated them and you know i'm gonna earn this runes token they were 100 free to me and i'm i want to participate in this experiment that's all it is yeah yeah I, I think it's 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 weird because i feel like these people come out like with so much confidence like they know exactly like how like their token is going to be ruined like a runes protocol token but like is that code even out you know what i mean like you know what i mean so it's like are they just creating these utxo model tokens and saying i'm gonna i'm gonna bridge this over to runes because it's utxo model based and I, there's gonna be a bridge because to me i feel it's it's weird i don't know am i am i off by thinking that because like we haven't seen anything from Casey so, yet, right? Well, so you can see that he's developing runes in open source GitHub. into yeah. the org client. So like we can see what the current implementation of Casey's rune stone is. Now he changes parts of it, but uh, really as of about 30 days ago, um, the big kind of ideas and the, the basic building blocks of it were pretty much set in stone. Not set in stone, but like pretty well defined. So we actually know how it's going to work. And okay. you have to kind of be like a GitHub, you know, crawler and be watching that pretty closely yeah. um, to know how that works. So um, we do know what runes will look like. Um, this, so RSIC is, is going to be indexed, I assume, by a combination of address and the inscriptions themselves by whoever is behind the rsic meta protocol or runes game and then they will issue the runes token according to their own log that they're keeping their own index that they're keeping upon the uh creation of the runes token after the having so again that's like they're keeping track of who all will get these by looking mm. at how their rules of the uh, the inscriptions, the RSIC inscriptions are going, and then they'll issue that at some later date. So you are trusting them to either publish a clear and definitive rule set for the game. So there's been some kind of like cryptic, you know, guidance, but you're either like trusting them to like publish a very clear like index and total um, like rule set for it, or you're trusting them to keep track of everybody the right way. Um, I think if you really want to spend way too much time going through the on-chain data, you could arrive at this for yourself. But um, I don't know. I mean, they seem to have a pretty decent... Um, whoever's doing it seems to be decently savvy on the development side. Um, I know people have suspicions about who it is. I think those are probably directionally right, but it's probably more to the story. Um, and But it's not Casey. So there, whoever yeah. whoever's on the de the development side of it is uh, generally competent. I'll say that yeah. it, that seems to me to be clear. It, it definitely is fun to activate it and see that thing turn orange and realize that you're mining tokens. But um, knowing Casey, I feel like he could like he's probably just 
waiting right before he launches it to, to add another rule in there to where like because I don't think he likes front running people front running stuff right and so he's gonna try to do it as fair as possible so these people like you said it makes complete sense they're they're just lining up their people that are doing what the tasks that they put out there for them to either mine their tokens or get whitelisted or whatever. Yeah. But nevertheless, I, this is why I love ordinals though, because this is creative. It's fun. And we see stuff like this all the time. Yeah. And like, yeah. I, I, I don't think it, it matters if this token is the 12th, 14th token. It technically it was the first one, right? Because we're mining it now in January. Right. So to me, it doesn't matter if it's token number 50, it's still going to be considered the first one because it was mined in January. I, I yeah. don't agree with that because the inscription date's going to be there. I I personally am kind of tired of the whole first yeah. uh, debate. Um, I just think that I, you know, in two or three years from now, we're not really going to care. And because I was that guy doing the numbering debate, right? The numbering debate yeah. happened after our last podcast. That was a whole thing. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm the I'm the guy who famously says, okay. Like you can fade me on like short term calls, but I'm pretty certain that like inscription numbers won't matter long term, maybe for like sub 100 K where you can kind of remember what the numbers are. Mm -hmm. But after that, like, tell me what, you know, numbers you have after 100 K. Nobody really like minds that anymore. If any, and actually one of the, yeah, I'm going to go off a tangent, but like, yeah, the first is first is really fun. But I think that's only because like the only reason we're having this is because like, a year ago today, there was a numbering scheme on the mm. ordinals.com site. And everything that's happened since is like downstream of that. Nobody cares what's first on ETH or Solana. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yep, I agree mm. with that. We, we got a question, another question about your expertise from the mining uh, industry. How can a miner sit on a block? Once a new block is added to the chain, that block you're sitting on is no longer valid because of the header hash. Who's who's not going to include the block you let past you? I know what that person's trying to say, I think. Um, and this is a really good question. So what I'm talking about is, you know, you've got the, the, the pool or the, the miner who's building, who's going to release more than one block at the same time. What they do is they don't release the first block. So they... So the way the mining works is anytime a new block hits the chain, typically you would look at the block header, the block hash, and you start building on top of that. But this is basically a strategy where you hit a block and you don't release it and you start mining off of that. So it's like you're mining almost in private, getting a head start compared to everybody else. Now, this runs some risk because you actually go out on the risk curve that... Um, statistically a blocks found every 10 minutes so the longer you wait it's almost like playing chicken with the network actually that you're just kind of like hoping that's that people won't hit more blocks and you have to like go off of that but um yeah so you basically you don't release the block uh and you start mining on top of that and maybe you hit two blocks and you start mining on top of that and you can do this it actually works really well especially if you are both the mining data center operator and the pool so this works really well for vertically integrated miners um i don't know if this is a very good ex explanation i think it's kind of i think it's kind of complicated i'm not even like the best person to explain it but um because this thing is like sitting out there kind of 
waiting to happen. And it, it happens all the time. Like happened with the D gods block, the D gods uh, mint block. There was a reorg for that because it was like a nine Bitcoin fee rate block. Okay. If LaFrog thinks that they, uh, that it helps them understand, then uh, I'm down. Also, I'll probably try to talk about this in like, uh, like maybe on Twitter or like other, um, maybe other platforms or something. Cause it, it does seem to be pretty interesting to a lot of the, the ordinals folks uh, who don't like spend all day thinking about Bitcoin mining. Sounds good. Nice. Nice. Yep. Appreciate that. Um, all right. Miners. Let's see here. Let's go over here. So ZK rollups have obviously been a huge topic in the space because, you know, scaling is, is something that everybody really it's something that we need if we're going to, you know, continue to have these uh, Bitcoin layer one assets. Do you, are you in the camp that doesn't really believe that ZK rollups are a solution or do you feel like it's an inevitable that it's going to be the solution for scaling Bitcoin in the current state of Bitcoin? That's a huge question. Um, I'm probably not going to choose. I'm probably not going to give you an answer of whether I think it is or isn't. I think I'll say this. It's going to be done. So we're going to do it. And we will see if it does long-term scale Bitcoin. I don't know. I've, I didn't really like, I wasn't like super intimately familiar with how zero knowledge proofs work and like how rollups work prior to this. And I've, Spend a lot more time looking at them since. Um, so it's pretty clear that there's a bunch of teams who are working on it who are confident they can start implementing this on Bitcoin. And I'm kind of excited because this is a significant moment for Bitcoin. But what's interesting is that at the same time they were doing this, a lot of the people who've been doing these on other chains like ETH, some of the, the kind of criticism of the, viabil the long-term viability of roll-ups is is kind of coming to a head on ETH. Like they're, they're years ahead of us. They've been doing this for a while. And some of the people who used to be really optimistic about this um, are probably turning a little bit more pessimistic, at least just from my conversations with them. It's kind of like, it actually kind of feels like the Lightning Network conversation on Bitcoin. Like people used to say on Bitcoin, like Lightning is the only scaling solution. It's going to change everything. And now a lot of people are like, well, Lightning's got some systemic issues. It doesn't work in these scenarios. Is it kind of lost its promise? What's funny is we're seeing this on in other chains right now. A lot of people are going like, well, are like our ZK, our rollups, our solid rollups, ZK rollups, optimistic rollups, are these actually like the solution? And there's a little bit of the a little bit of a disillusionment happening. However, I think this is a big business. I think it's a really promising thing to even be able to do on Bitcoin. So I think it's gonna be um I think it's to be a dominant narrative for the next one to three years, but I don't yeah. know what the long-term solution is. Um, yeah. yeah. I think people are excited about it uh, because you don't have to change Bitcoin core. Um, if you, if you do take this route and, um, but you're right, you know, there seems to be a lot of money that's being thrown at it, like VC money. Um, but the, the, part that i'm worried about is because people see like bitcoin scalability as like this huge cash cow now they saw the demand that ordinals brought right 
it's like you're just having people just use words and then like you know let's 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 market the hell out of this and then build it later after we got like the hype up and that's abm yeah and so like you know that that that's all that's like the crypto market in a nutshell right like the past like you know since DeFi started but I think someone that's been over in ordinals, obviously you've been in ordinals longer than us, but we've been in here a good, good, uh, you guys are OGs. You guys are, you've, yeah, you're OGs by every measure of the word. Appreciate that. Yeah. And so, you know, we care about the ecosystem and stuff like that. And it it was easy to kind of get quickly blinded for a second because things were bullish, like, you know, three weeks ago, a month ago, like very bullish. And so now we're seeing all these layer two solutions come over. But then like Shizzy and I kind of had to take a step back and be like, okay, who do we know that's been building in the space along while we've been here the whole time? And they're coming out with a solution. So we're, we're trying to kind of stick to that in our mind or have like strong partnerships with people like that as well. So I don't know. Um, do you see like more scammy stuff coming in because of that? Oh, yeah, 100%. Obviously, I think the scams have only just begun to start. I don't think we've actually, I don't think we've, I don't think the scamming has even begun yet, guys. Um, I mean, if you've been, (laughs) yeah, if you've been here for multiple crypto and Bitcoin cycles, like this shit hasn't even started yet. Um, Yeah, the house of cards is just, they're barely building the foundation. (laughs) But like, (laughs) something like Satoshi VM was so obvious, right? They're a freaking, they're ERC20. Like, it was just like, who would do, who would buy that? Like, who, like you, you have to be a complete moron, like on, on the, the, you know, the crypto banter, Wendy O side of things and not knowing what we have going on over here. You're the outside looking in. I, I, they, they didn't get they didn't scam any ordinals people they only scammed e, like evm guys and it was just it's such a bad look and already but like i i just think that we have to just completely like shut down things like satoshi vm like yeah. right from the beginning well i i, I, I actually it, i actually kind of missed the whole satoshi vm like narrative cycle you- like i didn't it was what's funny is like it was on my like list of things to look into by the time i looked into it it kind of like done a full like closed loop i was like okay i guess i don't have to because <laughs> i don't have to learn about this yeah, yeah. so Sh- shizzy but what you were saying I, you know we got a little when we first heard about it like we heard it from francis not trying to put that yeah. on him but like you know like we were like oh wow what is this right at first and then i think once we realized there was an erc20 that was really being the main token that was hyped up. That's what kind of turned us off on it. But at first, you know, we were just like, okay, mainstream's coming to ordinals, you know, like that's what it seemed like for a split second. But I think that's how easy you can get sucked into like, you know, okay, people are trying to take advantage of like Bitcoin layer one asset scalable solutions. So, Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Was it's interesting because like a lot of the hardcore maxis would say everything that's not Bitcoin itself is a shitcoin, it's a scam. And I'd be like, I don't think so. I yeah. actually think most people probably genuinely think that something is interesting or new, and then they kind of have to learn that it's not. And I generally believe that most people aren't <laughs> trying to scam anybody, and they and and because like look, most of the all the old Bitcoin maximalists, you know. All those guys were huge shitcoiners in 2017. All the <laughs> hardcore like maxis lost their shit on on Max, like Max Kaiser. <coughs> exactly, yeah. yeah. And Max so, coin. 
what's funny <laughs> is like i try to be like okay like i would i would take you a lot more seriously if you just admitted and you were more forthcoming about this and then you didn't like make it your whole brand shit on everybody else it's funny because i think a lot of people think that's like what i do but i'm like i'm a technical critic i don't like there's only really one person in this whole ecosystem who i actually have a beef with and that's uh i've already said my piece about them so yeah so um we actually jump to our maybe our final question here this is from a viewer uh we actually talked about this last time you were on the show because actually it's a nice uh, wrap up but also miners front running bitmaps in the future to monetize and game and the multiple non-arbitrary data fields that will spawn endless nats or is all all overhyped um this is a really good question um first of all shout out to our last chat which was like was it august or september um yeah. it's bear market definitely bear yeah definitely I, guess it, here. <laughs> I guess it was a bear market i gotta hand it to you shizzy because like <laughs> i famously i still still think say think bitmaps are really really dumb but what what i ha what i do want to emphasize is that it's an incredible display of social consensus like the people think they're valuable so they're valuable um and then you made a good point which i was like don't you understand like miners are gonna like mev this like we're gonna front run this and you your response is like perfect because it saw me did my tractor just like yeah that means they're valuable and i was like well damn that's a good point and so in response to this yeah thoughts on miners front running bitmaps in the future um i would say that bitmaps have to be a lot more valuable than they currently are for miners to start implementing this at scale um for example we at luxor could be getting all the bitmaps for the blocks we mine we would just put the number dot bitmap in a lower transaction index in the blocks we produce so we'd pin a transaction um but we're not because it's it's not really enough to kind of like risk the other things um that we would do because now we'd have to well, there's a lot of other kind of considerations we have for our business model um if bitmaps approach i know like what's the mean point one or one bitcoin or something or whatever if bitmaps yeah. approach like a higher number like that um i would expect this to happen yeah so and they this, will yeah i hope you i want you, i want everybody who owns bitmaps to make a shit ton of money it's i would love to see that um, it's, it's not even about that it's just like there's so many people building i mean you have inscribed that um you inscribable you have you know benny you have blockamoto it's just like the the top devs who were ordinals guys they're all building on bitmap so and and on top of you know the w map token and, and wrapping the bitcoin for coins it's going to take a lot of bitcoins out of circulation also allow some of these big big boys to come in and buy the tokens instead of buying the maps and the maps will be locked up and i i it's 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 definitely like inevitable and i think it's it would be smart for someone like 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 luxor or another one to grab these because i was doing miners. it already well, right. I want the miners to, to kind of like to kind of benefit from this because at the end of the day, what keeps Bitcoin alive is the, the miners being able to pay their bills without selling the Bitcoin, right? Sell yeah. the bitmaps, drop it on me, I'll I'll buy them. Like that's fine. Like to me, it's just like <laughs> I'm just saying. Like, I just think, I'm just thinking in my head, it's it's a way for the miners not to sell their Bitcoin and still make money. Like sell your uncommon sats, sell your rare sats, sell your bitmaps, keep your Bitcoin. Because at the end of the day, we're all team Bitcoin, right? We want Bitcoin uh -huh. number to go up. Are, are miners thinking that way? No. Yeah, uh, I was about to say, because there's a small group of them. Maybe. No, man, dude, like, I can't, it's hard for me to communicate to you, like, how yeah. completely uh, just, like, un disconnected the mining industry in general is for from now. all this. Um, <laughs> it is, like, 
us and maybe like f Tupul kind of watches this yeah. stuff but like nobody even looks at this um and it's wild um i it's man she's gonna make me ape into a shit ton of bitmaps because it's so exciting <laughs> it's I, think awesome. I mean like i'm i'm gonna be a technical critic of them i i still think it's just like so but you're also the same guy who said you like, you like meme coins what's the difference well exactly i mean so like the thing is, like, I love finding out that my opinions are wrong. Because yeah. if I had, because, like, what's the point of having an opinion? It, like, there's a difference between an opinion and a fact. Like, yeah. if opinions are, are things that you, you change based upon information yep. and, and based upon situations, and they can evolve. And so it is not an objective fact whether or not bitmaps are a good or bad idea. There's social consensus, and it's a, and it's a compelling system um that we can we could be definitive about some technical things like yes bitmaps can be uh front ran by the block producers um and there may be i think there are better ways of implementing bitmap actually but like that's probably less important than just the market declaring like we like these we want to build stuff and you can't deny that um it's such a simple idea that it makes it very viral so that any so anybody who wants to like write some code develop a thing can ship it to a, a hungry de, hungry audience i mean one would say if you held a gun in my head i'd be like yeah bitcoin itself is social consensus yeah there's yeah. rules to it but it's like it is a it is a network which is run by um people and people turn these machines off and on and we we yeah. consent to being a part of the network uh and running the infrastructure so um i I just I think it's so funny that I that I get that I have to talk about Nats and bitmaps, but um if the market wants to really declare and and accrue value to these ecosystems, then the market will do it and we will figure out what we want to do on our pool. I just think um everyone else is everyone else in like Bitcoin mining is totally like not prepared for this. Like their yeah. brains don't think like this. They're infrastructure guys, they're energy guys, they're like they're like data center management guys. They're not just like they're, they're they like a, like old school IT mindsets. Yeah. So yeah. they're just it's it's the craziest thing for like what I'd say like the cultural consensus layer to come in and have to like change how those guys do do run their businesses. So yeah, I'm here for it. Um, I say I'm a Bitcoin accelerationist because like I want to accelerate this process. I want to see what happens. Yeah. I want to get there faster. I want more people to own Bitcoin. I want them to do more things with it. And if that's bitmaps, then so be it. Because um, bitmap <laughs> bitmaps are fun. <laughs> I can't. You can't I'm gonna go not laugh whenever you say bitmaps, though. It's it's hilarious, dude. I'm fine being uh, the guy who criticized them and they're skyrocket. I kind of love seeing them go up and i'm you're, gonna you're buy like jim kramer of ordinals man <laughs> yeah but jim kramer is like prideful about him being right where i'm only prideful yeah, yeah. some of the time so yeah, true, true, true. yeah well there's a strong argument that like bitmap um other than of course bitcoin and then ordinal theory like bitmap is the 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 protocol if you will that has the strongest social consensus coming out of ordinals you know what i mean i mean definitely that's, that's outside a fair of argument, right? itself it is yeah I, I actually, um, I think in a year from now, uh, we're going to have you back on and you're going to tell us that Luxure is grabbing every bitmap they could possibly get their hands on and they're selling all their <laughs> common sets. I think in a year from now, 
it's going to be one of the, the the biggest things in 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 ordinals not bitmaps but like also you know all these rare sats and stuff like that as well i think the miners are going to start stop dumping their bitcoin and start dumping the these on to us because we need them we we we, we want to build on them we want to tokenize them we want to you know uh inscribe on them with it being the cut the sats and i think you guys and the miners are going to give that to us at floor prices because of that reason and i you guys think you're pay right your minor bills Shizzy, yeah, that prediction is going to be true. Like you're right, we're going to do it because we're we're in the business of making money. Yes, and it's if and if the price of these things goes up, it's going to hit a threshold where now we where where it's like too it's too big to ignore. Um, I'm not ignoring it. I just yeah. am skeptical of it. But if you know the market speaks, the market it will the market can do what you think it can't, and um. It's it's the you know I saw someone in the chat invisible hand that's kind of what it is you know we yeah I love I love the market because like some people try to make this a prince thing a principle and like I think there are principles and values we had but like the market is this arbiter of truth which it's not the market isn't supposed to be moral it's just supposed to help us understand what is so, yeah yeah but when the market's bad though then the market changed the market's mind. <laughs> you know yeah. so like that actually that's that's kind of one of the last questions that i have for both of y'all is like we saw in the DeFi boom and a little bit after that like you know nft skyrocketed you had all these fungibles and then like implementations of like freaking copies of evm chains of evm chains of evm chains and eventually what happened was once you know like the liquidity started to run dry, like a lot of that stuff died off, right? A lot of these projects, they're, they're, they're no longer going to be there. Do you see like the ordinals ecosystem, like having more sustainability than that because it's on Bitcoin and maybe it's a little bit more creative or do you feel like it's, I mean, we can be honest here, guys. Like, is it just another cycle? You first, Shizzy. Uh, I don't know, man. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't have asked that question. We're going to hold that question for the next episode at the end of the year, guys. <laughs> I'm fine. So I, I'm going to say yes. A simple yes. I think it'll yeah. look very different. I don't think it's going to look at all like it does today. And I don't think it's really going to be about images and JPEGs or fungible tokens. But I don't know what it'll look like. But I think yeah. it will. I think it's here to stay. I mean, okay. the things has changed so rapidly, right? So it's just like I, I think we're every, everything's like I, I we look back to videos we made two months ago and be like, wow, like it, there's insane yeah. amount of new stuff today. So to say yes or no to that, it's 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 really it's really hard. So yeah, yeah, but yeah, but man, we really appreciate you coming on, man. It's, it's been absolutely amazing. Our conversations, dude. I, I it's if, if we, we didn't have a hard stop, man, I would go for another hour. But we, 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 we have a call. You guys are really there. good interviewers. And like, it, it's interesting because like, I don't agree with everybody in the space. But what I yeah. do like is people who just like, they're committed. They're pretty honest. They, they're curious. Those are the best conversations. And so, yeah, great chatting with you guys. And I'll see you at the end of 2024. Yeah, man. Or maybe maybe, maybe, Miami, maybe Miami. Or Nashville, Nashville. right? Na yeah. Oh, fuck. I hate <laughs> <Miami>. <laughs> Hey, you got to cancel, cancel your tickets. No. Yeah, I fly, <laughs> damn, I fly to Miami. No. See you in Nashville, guys. Yeah. Yeah, man. All See right. you. See you, buddy. Appreciate having you on, man. Peace. See ya. Well, that was awesome, man. Real really fun. Uh 
I, I had a great time. And I mean, there's a lot of comments in here. I know we're going to get ripped by the base community for not asking about some stuff, but kept getting this and kept getting this, kept getting this. And I, I, just, <laughs> I, I just didn't want, I just didn't want to get into it. You know, we went into it last time he was on the show. Yeah. Kind of just, kind of just wanted to, guys, we get it. Yeah. We sorry. We guys hate us for not answering that. We just wanted to have fun, a fun talk. Yeah, um, well, it was a great conversation, right? It yeah. was a great, um, and it was weird because it was like very organic and smooth, and how we were able to hop from one topic to the other yeah, and yeah. just really got sucked into each conversation. So, you know, hey, at the end of the day, you know, CB Spears is is has been here a very long time, very connected with the core team in Ordinals, and he works for Luxor. I mean. I goodness like you, you want to pick his brain in terms of when he's on the show right so yep. um definitely a great great live uh let's finish this off with one last giveaway yeah yeah we, um, i think we had one, giving... one one more question here right yeah. let's see yep um okay guys one more giveaway we're gonna do the same rules yeah um you gotta go over to our inscription which is inscription number 56 321706 on ord.io. Um, I am going to also give away one wand. So two wands today, guys. And and I didn't I wanted to hold on to these wands because yeah. I was so bullish on them. Uh Shizzy can attest to that because I tell them every day. But uh all right, let's put in this last question here. Let's see. <laughs> Are we gonna do the easy one? Yep. So the so the the, the first one. To answer it, we'll get the wand, and the next three who answer it will get shizzies. I'll give away three shizzies today. Okay, so so, so we already get give away one wand. Yep, and then we'll give away one more wand for the first person okay. to to answer. The first person that comes down here to this uh, this thing over here. So this is obviously going downwards. So this is thirty minutes ago, and this is you know thirty three minutes ago. So That's you know thirty six minutes ago, thirty three. So the first person that get this answer in there will win a wand and then uh the next three will win shizzies okay so. cool so this is for the wand that i'm giving away and the question is here we go what was the last collection inscription uh cursed collection inscription cursed. yeah so so it what was the last cursed collection inscription before the jubilee block Curse, gotta be cursed, guys. Gotta be cursed. Let's see, let's see who we got here. Let me give a quick refresh. Let's see who's, who's gonna win the wand from Yago B. Who's gonna win the wand? Goosenos! He got it. Congratulations. Pop your name in there for us. Let, 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 let us know who won that. Uh, D Y W Y. Don't mind. D Y W Y. All right. And then, so then you're giving away three shizzies on this one. Yep. Yep. On so, one question, right? We got another Goosenol. Okay, I think he's the winner. It's two more. You got to write Goosenol in here. You got to write Goosenol. Two more. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Well, I thought we were going to use Shidi this one. got it. Shidi. Congratulations. Nice. 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 Um, what about this uh, last question? Are we going to do it or no? Yeah. Save your last, your last shizzy. Okay. So keep the two here. Yeah. And then we'll just do one more. Okay. I did say... Uh, I gotta give it. Okay, but, um, fine. let's give away. I can give away something else. I gotta, no, I'll um, give away oh, a Yago B. No, no, away no. Well, well, you can give away that too. I was, I, I, I actually bought a um, a Foxy pet 
to give away. I got it for like thirty one dollars, dude. No, OG no, pass? the uh, no, no, oh, no, no, the, the, pet, um, the pet, the pet, the foxy pet. Okay, okay. So okay. I, I actually pulled that to give away today. So okay, so hold on a second though. Like you have all the information there, right? Um, because let me write down the last fours of those no, real you, quick. You don't have to. I'm just going to go here and do it right from there. I know, but how do we know what question they won and stuff? Is the thing. Oh, I, I guess they know the answers. Yeah. The answers. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, cool. the answers. We're good. Okay, so this is for the pet that Shizzy's giving away, and here is the question: Who was the first to interview Benny the Dev from Track? Who was it? Who was, Who was the very first? first to interview Benny the Dev from Track? So you get a foxy little trick question on this one. Foxy maybe? pet. Oh, maybe I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, man. Let's see, let's see, let's see. Who's it gonna be? Who's it gonna be? You're gonna keep refreshing you... until we get it. Oh, no one knows that one. No one knows who, who was right. the first interview. Was it Mark? J oh, you guys. <laughs> who, who was it? Okay. Five five cool. J X E. Congrats so. to all the winners. You guys are very smart people. Um, and very quick trigger fingers. But uh, <laughs> so we were the first. I remember finding Benny Dev. This is a fun story, real quick. I couldn't find him anywhere. I, I, I there was no the, the 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 Discord was really low back then. It was barely anything in there. I went to Rarity Garden and went to their Telegram, and that is how I found the Benny the Dev. And we were the first people to have Benny on the show. It wasn't for another month later, two months later, for Block Runner even started talking about track. That's yeah. how. That's how first is first that we are, guys. But. Yeah, I remember we were just like super, super hungry. We like even after we interviewed uh, Benny and interviewed Expectar, like this was before the name change to Ordinal Revolution. We were DeFi discussions. I think we got to change and, again. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and I, I like I remember like like no one even was like like they weren't even asking like who are these guys. So yeah. I was like. Uh, <laughs> We're the first ones to interview Benny the different track. That's right. I posted on that on Twitter. But we appreciate you guys, man. This was an amazing live. As always, yep. you guys showed up for us. We we love y'all. Y'all are awesome. Every single episode you guys show up yep. for us. We appreciate it, man. If you cannot watch, you can definitely listen. I'm going to have this um, up, the recording on um, Apple, Spotify, and all your favorite streaming places. So if you cannot watch, you can definitely listen there, guys. We appreciate you guys so much. And, uh, yeah. Let's uh we'll see you guys uh Sunday. Was well, all tomorrow morning in about nine hours from right now. Uh we're gonna be on Twitter. So check us out there. We have a spaces Order Revolution presents Kimmy and Friends. Uh it's all about Bitcoin builders, it's all about the building of Bitcoin on ordinals. So we appreciate you guys. Check that out for us. And uh any last words, y'all gonna be? Nope. I think we're good, man. Let's get it. Peace. See you guys. <laughs> Ordinal Revolution. Let's go.